Oh my God, you made it. It's another episode of We Did That Shit. I'm Maya. And I'm Babi. <laughs> hey, Maya. Hey. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know what it is. You know, when we get on the phone, it's just, you know, laughter. It's, I mean, you know, it's all joy. It's I said when we time. get on the phone, not, not, not when we get on the phone, but when we get on the podcast and when we get on the phone, actually. It's all joy. It's still springtime. And I mean, you know, we talk every day about everything. So, <laughs> Right. I don't know. So what's up? How was your week? Um, You know what? My week was pretty good. I still am not eating lunch with people, but you know, you know that story already. And I will announce, I would like to announce that I actually did the in-home workouts. I'm doing it up. I mean, like, sweat. I mean, yeah, I sweat. I was in here doing burpees, sit-ups. I mean, you name it. And I was in here doing it. And it was so funny because I was talking myself out of it the whole time each day. Like, yeah, I don't feel like doing this. You got a week off, chill. But then when I tried to put on a pair of pants and they wouldn't button up, I was like, you know what? Get up there and do them burpees, girl. Mm. So I got it done. That's really how my week was. I was focusing on uh, completing my personal journal, getting the in-home workouts going on, you know, the holiday. Holiday. Yeah, the the holiday and the uh, spending time with family, celebrating Jesus. And, yeah, it's all good. My week was pretty, you know, fantastic. I can't even lie. How about yours? My week was good. Mm, I think I, somebody tried to set me up at work on some mm. again, uh, girl. And you know, not on some. Let me tell you about this bitch, Sabrina. Oh my gosh! First of all, we this. Let me tell you about this bitch, Sabrina situation mm. at my job is like out of control like mm. for real it, it is the stuff is like it's unimaginable like you like it can't be that serious but it really is Mm-mm. like that crazy so anyway mm-hmm. it looks like you know because of how the whole situation turned out it worked in my favor so okay. i was so happy girl and you know me I'm walking around, smiling, nice. And, oh, hey, how you doing today, girl? Oh, what's up, girl? Your scrubs are sharp. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Did you get a haircut? Mm, girl, you look nice. Oh, wow. What's that new perfume? Hey, girl. Hey. You know, just. Yeah, you are nice at it up. Well, it's not even being nice at work. It's like I will never let you see me sweat. See me you sweat. Will never, right. ever, ever, ever get the satisfaction of seeing me nervous, sweating, mad about mm-hmm. you. You are so insignificant. You know what? Right. I'm, I just feel so much better today. Like, are you kidding me? 
You should see mm-hmm. how nice I am to everybody. Oh, can I get that for you? No problem. Oh, did you finish that? Did you need help? Oh, you should have asked me, girl. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> right. All of, <laughs> All of that. Yeah. So I'm just very glad that that is over. And, you know, moving forward, I know how to handle the situations. So my job has actually, for me, gotten much less stressful because, you know, I was able to get some information that I needed. No thanks to certain people. But anywho, that was good. See, that's the power of spring. Mm-hmm. So, that's, what spring that's what spring will do, girl. So Brings the power. It brings the power. Uh-huh. The power. You know, power I didn't even know I had. I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I had a good week. You know, if I could just get more homework done, I'd be really good, but, you know. You and this school thing, thing, child. I know you'd be glad when it's over. Whew! I'm telling you. And I just don't know what it is. It's just nursing school. I love school my whole life. And when I tell you I hate every day of nursing school. Mm. But anyway, I don't want to dwell on that. It's spring. So what is our topic today? Um, This week, we're going to focus our energy, and the topic is going to be about autism. You know, March is autism, um, excuse me, April is Autism Awareness Month, and so we are going to have a show today about autism, the wonderful world of autism. The wonder-filled world of autism. I mean, it really is a world filled of wonder because, you know, every person with autism is different and Mm -hmm. um, everyone. And, you know, I had some (laughs) experiences that brought me great, great joy and some that have brought me great, great frustration. But, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It is what it is. So Tuesday, April 2nd is Autism Awareness Day. That's when we light it up blue. I have my porch light ready. We turn our porch lights on. Um, They shine blue. You're supposed to wear blue to work. So if you haven't left for work already, go back and change. Put on something blue. I got my blue ready. (laughs) April 2nd is light it up blue for autism. Okay, so before... So before we start talking about my jig, who did some shit this week? Do you want to start or you want me to start? Um, I could start. Okay. I, I could start because I have two things and they're kind of related. Okay. So first I want to mention Heineken. Mm. Now, mm. Heineken, mm. what are you doing, Heineken? Like, so I have been to Amsterdam, and when I went to Amsterdam, the week that I was there, I think I must have went to the Heineken factory like three times. Okay. I like, because I like Heineken, you know, Mm. and they give you a lot of free samples when you go on the tour and everything. So, so Heineken has this commercial. I know light beer exists. Okay, light beer. Red light, mm-hmm. Michelob light, Amstel mm-hmm. light. You know, we mm. know light beer exists. So Heineken had this, it has an ad for their light beer. Mm-hmm. And in the commercial, there's a fair-skinned woman 
and she has like a glass of white wine. Mm-hmm. And the fair-skinned bartender sees her with, you know, the wine in front of her, and he pulls out the Heineken light and slides it, you know, across the bar past uh, an ebony woman with a nice short haircut looking sharp, mm-hmm. past an older gentleman, ebony, in the jazz band underneath his chair, you know, past mm-hmm. another person with ebony skin, you know, all of that. And, I mean, they're showing these people, like they're honing in. The whole group right. of people that's in the background, they're not all um, African-Americans or Africans or whatever they are. They're not. They're all different colors. But they're honing in on the people with ebony skin. Right, and the three sliding, people in particular. Mm-hmm. Right, and they're sliding the beer past them to, and to get to the fair-skinned woman, and they say, are you sitting there? Mm-hmm. Lighter, sometimes lighter is better. Mm-hmm. What? Heineken, did you just what? So I'm just like, well, you know, that's it for me with the Heineken. You know, forget it. I'm. It's just a done deal. Heineken can let it go. But like now, I'm starting to think. Come on now, I think is are the sales down? Do you want to be in the media so you can just get some attention? Because right. remember how you say mm-hmm. all attention is good attention? Uh, yeah. Come on now. Something. And that they're doing all of this just for the attention because right. it's no way that, again, you didn't know what you were doing. The, 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 the fact well, that, this, here's the thing, yeah. this one wasn't even subtle. You know, it wasn't At even all. like, Oh, okay, I'm going to take this beer and I'm going to slide it down to this woman and it's going to pass a group of people. And then in the group, I might show a black face or, you know, I might show a white face. I might show another black face, but I might show a Latino face as well. No, it was specifically three black people, a black woman with right. a bald head, a black man, like you said, an older gentleman that was playing in a band and it was a black girl in a pink dress with a short haircut and you went by each one of those people all of the background people were damn near like uh uh blurred out you couldn't even really right. see them you focused the camera on these three people who right. took the who took the commercial obviously they didn't know what the end results was going to be i guess and you went it past did it past all of them and then the the woman is like smiling as she gets the beer in her hand and you really put up sometimes lighter Lighter really because all of the people that they showed were not only just because they were black they were dark-skinned black people exactly so so Mm. there's no there's no defense to this one there's no defense right they knew exactly what they was doing exactly there is no defense because if you want to say lighter is better and we know that there are light beers like i Mm -hmm. never seen bud light Michelob light ansel light Coors light you know i never seen another they when they talk about light they talk about beer they talk about smooth taste low calories right not like oh light skin like like oh you light skin Drink this right. light this beer has, right. because this, this is better for you, exactly. not the darkies. Exactly. What the exactly. hell? It's, it's too much. It is too 
much. I have had enough. And along with that, shit just got real because oh. I just opened up my last bar of Dove soap. Like, well, you know, I'm not buying any more Dove ever since, you know, they called me dirty. Um, Right. But I said that I I wasn't going to throw my Dove that I had in the trash. Like, I've already contributed, you know, to their bottom line in that purchase. But I do Mm -hmm. purchase, like, a lot of it at one time, you know. So, all right. But I'm down to my last bar. Mm. Shit just Mm -hmm. got real. So It really did because... Damn, what you yeah. want to do? Exactly. Well, I chose um, to go with Avino because okay. they have things yeah. um, for sensitive skin. Their parent company is Johnson & Johnson. Johnson mm-hmm. & Johnson does a lot for the community, even globally. Mm-hmm. Um, they do a lot for nurses. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, they do tests on animals. But I mean, I'm not You're a, a card carrying member. I was about to say I'm not a card carrying member of PETA, so like I don't like torture or anything that's like super unnecessary, but it's cosmetics, like come on. Right. You know what I mean? So um so I'm gonna go with the Avino, see how that works okay. out. I'll let you know. You know, let me know it's it's real. I got a whole drawer I mean a whole drawer full of caress. So <laughs> Yeah, I and did. then after that, I might be switching on over to the Avino. So let me know. All right, I'll let you. And you know what? It's funny because see, you still have caress stuff, but you know, Dove melts real fast. Mm-hmm. It's like now that I think about it, it's some fast ass melting shit. Like <laughs> a bar, a bar. You open up a bar, and then the next thing you know, you be thinking like, "Who's using my soap? Nobody. Exactly. This is your own bathroom. It's exactly. just you in here. This is just you. And don't work out." Because, you know, that was one of the reasons why I said that I don't like working out. Because you got to take more shower. I'm spending more money on soap. I'm spending, well, I don't pay for water. But the point is, is I'm paying, I'm spending more money on soap. You know what I'm saying? I'm washing clothes more because I'm using more towels, more washcloths, more hand towels. It's too much. Right. It is. So, I mean, I'll keep you posted. I just opened my last bar. So, there well. Yeah, please keep me posted. All I have to say is is that the Heineken thing, you know, the ad, if you haven't seen it, watch it. It's, it's, it's worth the watch just to see the blatant racism that is in this ad. I mean, in the, yeah, in this, um, in this um, commercial. It's really ridiculous. And the fact that, again, that they're still making it, you know, that they're still making these types of commercials. You have seen the backlash repeat it continuously what the hell did you think was going to happen what do you think is going to happen with you but it goes back to what i was saying these companies have to be doing this stuff just for publicity it's no other logical reason why you would continue to make these types of ads when you know what is going to come out of it but again people are going to be outraged for the time being and then it's going to blow over and then it's going to be back to your regularly scheduled program and that's probably what they're hoping is going to happen with them because you think people going to stop drinking Heineken? Probably not. You know, billion dollar company, million dollar company at best. 
they people are drinking Heineken, and what they're right. going to do is pull the ad, apologize, put out a statement. People are going to be outraged on social media. Some people may stop drinking Heineken, but is it going to affect their bottom line? No. And it goes back to the episode that we recorded about consumer affairs. Until people start affecting these companies' bottom line, and that means right. not supporting the companies in who are doing things way. in this right. in this right. way, then they are going to continue to make commercials like this. You saw what happened with Pepsi. You saw what happened with Sony. You saw what happened with H&M. But yet, you take three black people, put them in a chute, pass a Heineken next by them, and then say lighter Mm -hmm. is, is better. Come on, like, come on. You know, they're looking for what is exactly is what, what is going to happen. They're looking for it. So, I mean, right. it's ridiculous. And, and we have to affect the bottom line in a negative way. And speaking uh-huh. of Sony, I was in Target today, and all the Sony electronic products was on sale. Like, everything was, like, price uh-huh. slash. It was, like, $150 earphones for $50. Uh, earbuds was like five yeah all the sony electronics i when you said something i just noticed like i was like oh these aren't on sale they were like no just sony <laughs> and i was like oh, oh. so sony like yeah. if i could just get a couple pennies i'd be all right i mean right <laughs> maybe some things are happening which i'm happy to see because you're right we we have to do something we have to take a stand and our dollar is the most powerful stand we can take in these situations mm-hmm. right right no doubt about it. And, and in closing, Malcolm told you best, stand for something or fall for anything. Yes, that is your, that's your slogan, child. You, yeah, it's it truth. is. It is the truth. Right, it is. So who else did some shit? Well, my who did some shit this week is, um, you know, it's positive what I'm going to speak about, but it came from a negative Place, you know, um, I just wanted to touch really quickly on the March for Our Lives um, mm-hmm. event that went down in Washington, D.C. And in and, and several places across the country, you know, right. um, I wanted to just shine a light on the fact that that was just a positive thing to see the children, you know, rally up, get organized the way that yeah. they have. Um, it came from a negative place, you know, from the latest mass shooting, the Parkland um, latest mass shooting. The children right. have really, you know, taken a stand and are really showing that they have something to say, you know, and they are affecting change that people don't want to see. You know, right. and they, you know, you have people coming out and they're saying stuff like, oh, kids should be kids. You should stay in a kid's place. Um, you know, these children are radical and this, that, and the third. At the end oh, of the day, what they don't has happened, shot in right, oh, and I, that's what I was going to say. What has happened hasn't affected you negatively, but it goes back to something that I said before on another show and it and it's the way that I feel about everything in life until something affects you personally mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. won't show anything towards it if you don't have a, a a person in your life that's addicted to drugs you don't care about the war on drugs if you don't have a person in your life that has been affected by incarceration you don't give a hell about mass incarceration. If you haven't been affected by the fact that you can't send your children to school and they get shot in school and now kids are saying no more, 
Yeah, it won't affect you because it didn't happen to you. Your child didn't die. But it's like how many children have to die? How many parents have to bury their children? And and Mm -hmm. how many people have to bury family members in mass shootings for you to realize that we need some restriction on gun laws. See, what people are thinking is that we want to take away your guns. Now, ain't nobody trying to take away your guns, but you need to have some restrictions on people obtaining guns. The fact that a person can get an AR-15 and go into a school and shoot 17 people, you know, uh, the fact that a person can take a rifle or, you know, a machine gun and go into a school and shoot uh, how many babies died in um, Sandy Hook? You know, right. and they were babies. You know, mm-hmm. you can't send your kid. You, you, you are. You have children writing suicide note. I mean, not suicide note, wills mm-hmm. or or letters right. or goodbye letters saying, "Hey, if something happens to me today in school, this is what I want." to happen to my things and I love you mom and I love you dad I love you sister right. brother children shouldn't have to children shouldn't have to face the terrors of the world you know mm-hmm. children should be exempt from that you know but they're not they are not and that's the reason why you have these children now that are rallying together and they're speaking their mind and they're saying no more and you know the fact that they again keep saying that oh these kids these kids these kids everything in history has been young people coming together to affect change the civil rights movement were young people you know martin luther king was young Mm-hmm. He was no old man. He was a That's young right. preacher. You know, right. the children of SNCC, the, 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 the uh, NAACP, they were young people, you know, right. young teenagers, young adults who got together to affect change. People that you have fighting in wars, you know, Vietnam wars and this, that, and the third, they were young people, you know, young people always affect change. And so I want to just say bravo to the children and um, keep it up because mm-hmm. they're not listening to us, so they may listen to you, you know. And I think that it's wonderful that they're standing up and saying no more, you know. Right. So I think, and I think they did. Um, I think they did an excellent job. They articulated very well. You mm-hmm. know, and we we have to stop thinking that children can't do things. You know. Right. If you expect excellence, you know they will respond with excellence. Um, mm-hmm. They articulated their stand very well to be children, better than a whole lot of right. adults. You know, right. so um, that's absolutely right. Like, because if we don't do anything, they just going to just keep on killing me. I mean, they just don't care. Right. It, it, it's At crazy. All. They just it's don't sickness. care. It, um, and I also want to mention uh, the Sacramento Kings at their game last night. Did you see the T-shirts that they wore? It, they said um, they had um, Stefan Clark's name, the gentleman that oh. was shot by the police um, in his yard with a in cell his phone. In his own backyard. Himself. Right. His cell phones look so much like an AK. I don't know. Right. But, um, you know, but their their shirts said uh, something like accountability, like when will we have mm-hmm. it? And then they had his name on the back of the shirt. So, you know, shout right. out to them. They did that shit, too, because That's right. we have to take a stand. I mean, goodness gracious. 
We have to. Like, how many other black men or women have to get shot down like dogs? And you shot down on your own property. You can't be in your own property. You can't send your kids to school. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. It all ends up with you can't, you know. But we definitely need to hold these companies accountable, hold the police accountable, and, you know, hold these, uh, the NRA people accountable, the people who are, uh, that we voted in, you know, that we voted in, uh, and that we can vote out. And, you know, midterm elections are about to come up, and you need to realize that you need to vote these people out. Vote these people out that aren't doing anything for you. You know, start at your local elections. They make the difference. Voting for your uh, president is not enough. Voting for the people who are making laws and, you know, sitting in these seats, that's what you need to pay attention to. Right. We do. Mm-hmm. And I am paying attention, and that's all I want. I'm paying attention. Right. And, you know, this is just crazy. Mm-hmm. But um, speaking of paying attention, let's get yeah. into our topic. Yep. Because autism is something that I think needs a lot of attention. Autism yes. is way more prevalent than uh, people think it is. And Uh um, I know I have had conversations with people and they say, you know, autism, what is that? That's new. You know, we didn't have autism before, you know, things like that. However, I think that, you know, the label autism, the actual diagnosis of autism may be fairly new. Uh However, we've had people and everybody has them in their family, you know, like on mm-hmm. Soul Food, mm-hmm. Uncle Pete, you know, Uncle right. Pete could function, but he just wasn't quite, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So, in fam- you know, sometimes if people have little behaviors that you think are strange, they don't mm-hmm. have um, d- large deficits. So it's like, you know, and we label them all kinds of stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We just because we just don't know what it is. But autism is something that really does help us fill in the gap, right? For a lot of situations. Now it does not apply to everyone, and mm-hmm. all people with autism they do not have all the same characteristics. Right, it's so different. You know, of autism, every person with autism is different. So, mm-hmm. um. Personally, you know, I have a son. I I have a son who uh, has autism. Can't tell him that, but um, Uh -uh. (laughs) at all, at all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So my son Xavier, he was diagnosed um, with it was called PDD NOS, pervasive developmental disorder not otherwise specified because Jiggy will be 24 in June. Can you believe it? No, I can't. He's a whole oh, my goodness. man. I know. Yeah. These kids are getting old. I'm getting young. That Benjamin Button <laughs> thing exactly. really exists. Exactly. That's how I feel. Like, how are you going to be my age? What is going on? Right. So, um, so when, um, when Jiggy was young, and when he, when I first 
took him to a specialist because, you know, something wasn't quite right. You could not get an autism diagnosis until you were Mm -hmm. five. You had to be at least five Mm -hmm. years old because some of the developmental delays that were displayed as characteristics, they said that you had to give a kid a chance. Some kids are just slower developing than others, and they may grow out of it. Right. So you you can get the PDD, the pervasive, and that just means like across the board, pervasive developmental delay or developmental disorder, whatever they called it, not otherwise specified. But then when he went back to a neurologist when he was five, he still displayed uh, a certain number of characteristics of the autism, and that's when he got the diagnosis at five. Okay. Okay. So, so what is autism? Because a lot of people say, oh, such and such a kid has autism, they don't talk. And such and such a kid has autism and, you know, they live in a group home and, you know. So right. It, it's a lot of different things out there, but that's what autism is. Autism is like a broad range of conditions, and they're characterized by, like, challenges with social skills, Repetitive Uh behaviors, speech, and nonverbal communication, a lot of them have unique strengths and differences. So an umbrella term, kind of like, and they say it's a spectrum because you can be anywhere from very, very, very mild to very, very, Uh very severe, and any of these characteristics that you have can be so profound over all the other things um, that you sometimes you don't even notice the other things. Like some right, other things. Right. So it really is um, it really is a broad range you really don't know. Now when Jiggy and I was a young mom, I think I was like nah, I won't tell my age. I was a young mom, oh. not a teen not a teenage mom. Not a teenage mom. Right. Right. Not a teenage mom. But I was a young mom, and um, my first major in college, when I first went to college after high school, uh, was education of the hearing impaired, because I always thought sign language was pretty. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was so pretty. I'm so glad God intervened, but because they don't make a lot of money. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> so in who knew that if you education and hearing impaired education you got to take all these psychology classes and you know that right. is not my thing i don't care mm-hmm. what you think why you think what you dream about what you think it means you know I, i'm not into none of that i was just like oh right. my god so um i took psych 101 hated it uh barely got through then we had to take developmental psych psych of the baby psych of the adolescent psych of your kneecap psych i was like and oh you was God. like well let me see what else i can get into exactly. around here with these majors <laughs> uh i'm thinking that uh yeah this ain't good for me okay exactly and that's exactly what happened so um but in a developmental psych we had a speaker come in and i didn't even have children at the time but she was talking about how, you know, little things we do with babies, uh-huh. how we think it's just like fun and things, but babies tell us, even when they can't talk, walk, or anything, they tell us how they're progressing in their behavior. Uh-huh. And, I, and how right. milestones, how very important milestones are. Right, so, I pay attention to them greatly. 
Yes, and, but I just thought it was very – like she, was, she brought a topic. She brought it in an interesting way. I paid attention. You know, I learned something mm-hmm. that day. Um, so, of course, I changed my major. Life goes on. Here I go with this little baby, you know. Now, Jiggy was huge. He, was, oh, he weighed almost 10 pounds. I gained right. 60 pounds during the pregnancy, and, I mean, the boy was just, like, big. They had to, like, uh-huh. I pushed as hard as I can. They had to suck him out. I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh. Um, oh. He was born, like, wearing, like, a 24 months. He was so long. Uh-uh. See, so this is the part of the baby, baby conversation that I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I could do without this one. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything was fine. Everything was, he wasn't a crybaby, but Deja wasn't a crybaby baby either, so no big deal. Anything, right. you know, he, he turned one, he's walking, he's eating, he's, you know, it was fine. So maybe mm-hmm. about, I don't know, 15, 16 months. Uh, I don't know what happened, but he just didn't, anything that he already was doing, he continued to do those things. Walking, okay. Eating, he didn't like regress. That. He didn't regress at all, but he, okay. did, he just stopped progressing. Okay. You know? Okay. And so he was, um, at first we kind of thought he was deaf because okay. if. Which I, is if, understandable. Right, because, well, he didn't talk much. He didn't talk. Uh-huh. He didn't know mama, dada, goo goo, gaga, none of that. Not, he didn't okay. talk much. Um, and I nursed. I nursed both my children, 15 months each. So, um. Mm-hmm. They was too big. So, it was. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, when, <laughs> oh, yeah, year, let me tell you something. After a while, it's like, you too big. You are too big. <laughs> when you can come up year, to the mother. Porter, That's what, yeah. What's, you yeah. know, the breath out yourself, yeah. you too big. Okay. <laughs> but, but their digestive system still needs it. There's still benefits and things like that. So, and that's what he was doing. Like, I could not wear a button-up shirt because Jiggy would have it. Every time I sat down, he was, like, on it. And he was always tall. So mm-hmm. um, he would just always just get milk whenever he wanted. And, again, I was a stay-at-home mom, so it really wasn't, you know, a big deal. Um, to wean him was very difficult. I took him, he had to go up to my mother-in-law's for two weeks while my breast dried mm. up. Cause at 15 months, he was still like nursing like a newborn. It was crazy. Yeah. Too much. Um, yeah. He was like too much. Now he wouldn't get up in the middle of the night, but like, it was like breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack. That was what he wanted. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and he never drank out of a bottle. Both my children went from the breast to the cup. So anyway, okay. he wasn't, he didn't regress, but he didn't progress. Um, and then I just started noticing things. You know, if I say come eat and he was hungry, he'd make his little way in there. If he wasn't mm-hmm. hungry, he would just act like he never hurt me. You know? Right. And then I would be telling, uh, you know, we would be watching TV or, um, and he wouldn't be paying attention to the TV. He would be paying attention to whatever he had going on. Like the mm-hmm. TV wasn't even on. If somebody rang okay. the doorbell. You know, it's just natural instinct, like, to look toward the door or whatever, especially if, like, the, screen, right. if the door was open and the screen door was there or whatever. Um, he act like he just never heard it. Just, you know, mm. like, and I was like, Mom, do you think he can hear? Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, I don't know. So, but then sometimes he would, you know, respond to commands, but he didn't talk. He didn't talk at all. Okay. And um, so I didn't know what was going on. and. So I took him to the pediatrician for his regular checkups and stuff like that, but he wasn't sick. 
And because I was, you know, I had this major, I had learned about, I mean, I already knew about the child study team, but we really talked about what they did in these Mm -hmm. classes. So when Jiggy was two, I called, I was living in Pensalkin at the time, and I called Pensalkin Board of Education, like, look, I need the child study team. And, okay. You know the lady because when they daddy. go to younger, when they go to um to a two, I'm assuming you're in daycare. When they go to daycare, you can still request for a child study team to come, or is it the well, daycare through the public school? And no, that's well, when you request a child study team. No, because you know my kids never went to daycare because I I was a stay at home mom. Okay, so they just went from your house to public school. Right. So I called the okay. child study team. I was I was home. I called the child study team. He was two. Deja hadn't started kindergarten yet. And um, I said, look, you know, I had this two-year-old. Well, he was like maybe like 19 months. It was like maybe February, and he was going to turn two that June. Mm-hmm. So... I called the first time and, you know, they said, I think they start like two and a half closer to three is when you can start school. Like if you had with a child study team, you have some kind of special need and special need is not just for children with deficits. It's also for gifted children. So right. if your child has a special need, then, you know, it's, some, it's sometimes it's good to get them in school as early as possible so they can either develop what they have going on or help with some struggles that they may have because of, you know, disability. So um, the lady told me, like, he's a little young. He could grow out of some things. You know, call mm-hmm. us back if you're still seeing this, you know, when he turns two. So okay. it was, there was no difference when he turned two. His birthday is June 2nd, so school was still in session. And I wanted to call before school let out because I didn't want to wait all summer. And, then, you know, they have the summer schedule and all this other kind of stuff, whatever. Right. So um, so I called her back. I said, look, I don't see a difference. And she said, okay, well, you know, he just turned two, um, but I got him on the schedule for the summer to have a full evaluation. Because okay. come September, he'll be closer to, you know, three years old or whatever he could um, start. So that's what I did. They called. I said, um, I said, you know, so they did the whole thing. So they have like a, a, a educator, a psychologist, and a psychiatrist, all kinds. You know, the, the team is made up of different disciplines. They asked right. me a lot of questions, whatever. And of course, they didn't ask Jiggy any questions, but they would just see if he could answer. Watching him. Could, right. Right. Commands, you know, can he ride a tricycle? Um, some of the things, I was like, I don't know. You know, they gave him blocks. He stacked three, four on top. I said, oh, yeah, I don't know. He's a genius. He gets it from me. I don't know. Um, right. <laughs> so, um, so after they did the full evaluation, I told him exactly why I brought him, exactly what I was seeing. Um, you know, he wouldn't meet, he would, you know, a child, when they first start walking up the steps, they put up their, if it's the right or left, it doesn't matter, but they put up one foot and then they meet the foot with the other foot. Then they put up one foot right. and they meet the foot with the other foot. Well, 18 months, they should start alternating feet. You know, okay. it's a developmental milestone. Um, talking. Right. They should be saying, mama, dad, dad, goo, goo, God. Even if you don't understand, they should be making some noises. Jiggy never said anything. Um, okay. He would hum. Some was mom. he totally, was he totally, like you were saying, you know how pa- babies coo, you know? Right. Yeah, like they that. coo at certain ages. He mm-hmm. didn't do any of that. 
He didn't okay. cool. He didn't cool. Now, when he got older, he would hum. And okay. Like, he would, like, maybe he would hum, and you when he hummed, he wanted something, but he would never say anything. He just kept humming. Right. Uh-huh. Um, so, um, you know, so the lady said, she said, look, everything you said we saw, if you didn't say it, we didn't see it. And she uh-huh. said, we did an early intervention program that includes discrete trials, you know, some people don't like it. I can give you some information to read up on. I think mm-hmm. your son will be a great candidate because he's capable of doing so many things, and we just want to get on top of this. Um, the school also paid for him to go see a neurologist. Schools have to do that. You right. Know, so people don't have insurances and things like that. If you have a child with special needs, whether they're gifted or have deficits, schools have to pay for these special appointments if, the, if you can't afford them. Um, so he, they paid for which is very important to know. So, yeah, that's right. You have to know your rights as a parent. So, um, he, and that's when the neurologist gave him the PVD NOS, and Jiggy okay. started school that September, and then that September, Deja started kindergarten. It was like half day kindergarten, and his little program was half day. Girl, he was on a little school bus and everything. So cute. So, how do you uh, think that he did when he went to school? I mean, do you? How, how did he do? How did he fare with other children? Because we know that autism is um, social, right. uh, social, you know, interactions as well. So how did so, he do when he went to school? Yeah, no, he didn't have any friends. So oh, the children okay. were all with the PDD and OS. Okay. And the discrete, the discrete trials was just the student and the behaviorist. That was it. So it okay. wasn't a whole lot of group stuff. They may have had a snack together, you know what I mean? But it was mm-hmm. things teaching them, like, you know, use your voice. They say, can he talk? I said, I believe he can talk. Can, uh, we went to, doc, uh, we went to the, uh, the doctors to make sure he could hear. So, they, of course, he, they don't do the raise your hand when you hear it, left hand, right hand type thing because he's young. But there are other ways that they can test children for hearing or whatever. It turns out the boy hears just fine, just ignorant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just uh-huh, really. just was doing his own thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. So, it still is. Um, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, he can hear. He started discrete trials, and he started school. He started talking when he was three. Okay. And his first words were, I want cereal. Mm. So, um, Always it was could like, eat. It, right, exactly. It still does, and mm-hmm. that, and I'll never forget it because I was sitting on a sofa. I was, um, I had the bills out. I was paying the bills. It was a Saturday. Monty had just got paid on Friday, and I'm sitting there, you know, trying to make a dollar out of fifteen cent. Very mm-hmm. strategic, you know, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. <laughs> and he was, you know, just standing next to me. I'm sitting on the sofa. He's standing there humming. And he, I knew mm-hmm. he was there. I knew he was there. He was coming for like 20 minutes, and I'm still focused, whatever, you know. Deja's watching Barney, and I'm, you know, getting stuff together. And I guess after 20 minutes, he like, this chick on my nerve. He, he was like, I want cereal. Uh-huh. And Deja, <laughs> Deja popped her little head up, and she ran around. She was like, Daddy, Jiggy, talk, Jiggy, talk, whatever. And I said, oh, God, that was some exciting. That was some excitement. <laughs> Exactly. And I said, well, let me get up and get him some cereal so he can learn that if he says something, you right, know, he can I can get eat what his he wants. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. I can eat his meat. 
And girl, he ain't say nothing for two more years. Oh, okay. Uh, it was like, oh, okay. But at least we mm-hmm. knew he could talk by then. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the school systems and, and Jiggy, I think the discreet trials did him well. He would say what his name was. He knew his name, uh, uh, what his address was, you know, just certain things that a child should know for safety, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, he wasn't real social. But they teach them, you know, this is your, you know, shirt, whatever. He, you know, all those little kitty things. Um, right. But I learned that even as a young, young, young person, when he started to talk more, he knew he could read and he understood complex science language. Oh. So we would go to Barnes and Nobles and they could pick out a book and I would pick out a book. And, you know, sometimes I would sit there and read their books to them and we would take a book home and they could read. And, you know, some kids pick out picture books or whatever. Jiggy would have like dinosaur encyclopedias. These things cost like mm-hmm. $65, $70. I'm like, excuse mm-hmm. me, son. <laughs> like, like, we on a budget. You heard me just trying to pay these bills. Right. I know you and, heard that. And he was little, like four. Mm-hmm. And um, I re- we went to a meeting once uh, for our like, class reunion, and my classmate, she was like the director of the Y, and we were in this room. Her desk was in there, and she was like, hi. And he was just staring at her like she has seven necks, and she, what's your name? And he was just steady looking at her like, you know. And she, when she sat up, he could see that she had dinosaurs lined up on her desk, and he was like, that's the Pachyocephalosaurus. You know about sure. that? <laughs> and she was like what you know so dinosaurs right. were his thing for like a long time uh you know we went to go see jurassic park in a movie and he's all analytical like oh no the triceratops didn't live in the same period as a velociraptor they would never see i'm gonna tell you what <laughs> he surely has taught me some stuff about uh dinosaurs <laughs> that i would have never thought to know and he i don't remember the stuff but he surely has taught me some stuff about some dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so they that 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 is his like unique strength. That's all like science yes. and animals stuff like that. You know, so he's always had um, that kind of stuff. But I just want to mention that one autism is very prevalent. Like yes. one in sixty eight children in the United States have autism, mm-hmm. and it's mm. like one in forty two boys and one in 189 girls. So it is more prevalent in boys. Mm -hmm. Um, Do they say why that is? No, I don't know. They don't don't really have a reason because they say the cause is a mixture of genetic and non-genetic, which are like environmental influences and things like that. Some people, mm-hmm. like, like, they do the whole virus thing or whatever. I don't know how true that is. I think the viruses get a bad rap because the time that you, I mean, the vaccines, um, mm-hmm. I think because of, like, some of the timing of the vaccines. But you start getting vaccines very young. Some yes. of the timing of the vaccines, and then it's, like, coincides with the timing of the regression or the delay in progression. And so people mm-hmm. kind of always look for something to blame, something easy. Right. But you know, there are children that have not had vaccines who are autistic. So, yeah. you know, maybe it's not quite the vaccine. Um, so, you know, what things do you look for? You know, I, you know, the children that don't respond to their name 
and okay. they're interested in something, but they won't point at it or say anything or anything like that. They have a flat affect, like their happy face is the same as their sad face, is the same as their excited face, is the same as their mad face. Right. Like every, every you face. Never, you never really and know. You're like, what are you feeling? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, they usually, um, their interest, they avoid eye, eye contact with people, like all the time. Jiggy doesn't, you know. He totally avoids uh-huh. um, eye contact unless, you know, as he got older, whatever, they always was trying to work on his, because he was always academically advanced. They always are trying yeah. to work on his social skills. And I was like, right. I need you to teach him, you know, his social skills will be just fine. When he gets older and start liking girls, he'll be fine. Yes. And well, let me sure tell you, enough, he has no problem <laughs> in that area. One thing for certain, two things for sure. He might be a lot of things, <sighs> loving the ladies is not one of them. Yeah, he loves the ladies. I'm telling you, and you know what? God forgive me, because this is not about me, but it is because, really, I take back every bad thing I ever said about a man whore's mother. Because Mm. you really... You really don't have any control over that. Like, who would have thought? No, you don't, because I don't know how many girlfriends Jiggy has at this point, but he will let it be known. You say, hey, what about Amber? And he'd be like, no, that's not my girlfriend anymore. It's like, it was just your girlfriend last week. Okay, cool. What's up with uh, this one? He'd be like, yeah, that's what I'm dating right now, you know, taking it slow. It's like, oh, okay. All right. And we have literally, like, he, you know, and you know Jiggy can plan a date, which means, like, if my son, Jiggy gets that stuff together, okay? If he asks Mm -hmm. the chick out, he's making all the arrangements. Mom, taking Alex out. I want to go to the pizza store. This pizza one. We're going on Monday. She got this at 7 o'clock. We can meet there at this time. You know, Mm -hmm. he'll be playing around. I need money. He got it together. I got this. Exactly. So there's no excuse of why somebody wants to take me out. They can't, like, say, oh, I want to Plan. You know, exactly. Plan. Because Jiggy has it down. He could teach you. He can give you his information so that he could teach a class or something. He out here. So, I mean, we've been at, like, sometimes a pizza shop the same week with three different chicks, and they just be looking at me. I'd be like, um, I'm just a driver. I'm, a, I'm just in here. Right. Thank he you. tells exactly. me where we're going, and we go. Smile. Thank you. I'm a right. driver. So I take back everything I ever said about, you know, man whores mothers, because you really don't have right. any power over that. Um, right. So those were the, some, some of the things that I saw in Jiggy. He just, you know, he didn't talk. He had a very flat affect. Um, he wouldn't respond to his name all the time. He was, like, obsessed with one thing. Poor boy, when he's potty training, he would have an animal. I would forget the boy was on potty, you know, because he can go on 18 different adventures with the number 10 or something. I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, so, and I think it's important to know, I didn't take him to the doctor because he wasn't sick. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't, he wasn't whiny, he didn't have any sickness type things going on. And I know a lot of parents that I've met over the years who have, I don't want to say wasted time, but just for lack of a better term, wasted time taking their kids to all these doctors, and they and the doctors didn't get the developmental thing. Right. You know, and they kept saying, they'll grow out of it, they'll grow out of it, they'll grow out of it, and then they passed that window of where an early intervention program could have helped their child and their development. So, and I also think that it's important to note that as a parent – you have parent intuition. 
You know, mm-hmm. you know when something is not going on with your child. You know, right. I think that the intuition, I, I always feel like a parent knows first, you know, before a doctor can tell you anything, you know. If your child has an ear infection, you might not know specifically what it is, but you know that your child is rubbing their ear, it hurts, you know. Mm-hmm. If you feel that your child is not progressing in the way that they should be progressing, you you have that intuition, listen to it, you know, right. you know, you may not know. I mean, you know, I think that nowadays people focus more on certain things, i.e. like reading the internet, mommy blogs, uh, looking up milestones and this, you know, like back in our parents' day, they didn't look up that stuff. It was just like your child did what your child did, you know, mm-hmm. but when you have that feeling that something just isn't right, you know, mm-hmm. take the steps needed you know, right. listen to your intuition. So it's just a little plug I wanted to throw out there. And it's true because if you're the parent, you know the child best. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, throughout uh, all the time, like I said, Jiggy will be 24, almost my age in mm-hmm. June. Mm-hmm. And um, it's been a lot of ups and downs. I've learned a lot. I always say, you know, autism goes against everything black mother. You know, mm-hmm. we don't give our kids options. You do what I say. You know, right. we don't make bargains. You do what I say. We, I mean, right. I, you I'm a bargaining somebody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am a bargaining somebody. Do you hear me? It's right. like everything with everything with Jiggy is let's make a deal. Everything. Right. <laughs> because, you know, and it's just like you know, he really is my patience. I learned you know, to be patient. I learned to accept him for who he is and Mm -hmm. um, let him blossom. You know, some of the frustrations that I've had is that because my son is um, what they consider higher functioning, even like he's been diagnosed with Asperger's, he has the capabilities to Mm -hmm. do great things. He's educable. He can learn. He's he's able to learn complex math and science, but Mm -hmm. he doesn't. Right. Um, you know, it's almost like he has agoraphobia. Like he really does not like to go outside unless there's some chicks. Because with the chicks, yeah. he will go outside. He um, definitely will. So it's very frustrating to know that he can do all of these things, but and he, he just doesn't. doesn't. Well, let me ask you so, something. Well, let me ask you something before you continue. Is he not doing? the things that he is capable of doing because of autism or, or is it something more because he's able, you know, he's, he can do mm-hmm. anything, you know, he, mm-hmm. we, we know that he can do anything. Is he not right. doing these things based off of autism? Is he regressing now? You know, how is it now that no. he's 24? He's not, no, he's has, he hasn't, uh, regress and he learns on his own. He studies what he mm-hmm. wants, when he wants. You know, he has access to the internet and technology. And the, Jiggy mm-hmm. has a YouTube page with over a thousand oh, he's followers. Brilliant. Yeah, uh-huh. he. I told you, um, he has. Um, he liked our what the Wonderful Me Media YouTube page because I told him I was like, oh, Jig, we're doing a podcast, whatever. So he liked the uh-huh. page. And then even our producer, she was like, uh, do either one of you guys know Xavier Davis? 
And I'm like, you right. know how I am about my kids. <laughs> yes, like, my why, yeah, why the hell are you asking? Because, you know, right. that's how I am about my kids. And she was like, oh, no, like, he has a, a YouTube page. I was like, yeah, I know. He does his little um, voiceovers and stuff. And she was like, yeah, but he. No, he has, he has like, a following. Right. <laughs> I was like, what? He, he's out here, like, walking, doing I'm it thinking it's me, Right. I'm thinking it's me and Tisha and, you know, his aunts and uncles or whatever. But he has, like, over 1,000 followers. Some of his little videos have been viewed like over 300,000 times. People making comments mm-hmm. on it and, you know, talk. And he's just, he, you know, he's more things. Comments. Like, can yeah, you, exactly. next week, can you do the land before time? It's like, oh, <laughs> oh. oh we got to get him to post our podcast on his page so we can get some views. Oh, my God. First of all, you got to get him because you know you his favorite cousin. Um, because well, for the listeners out there, I am his favorite cousin. You are, you know, but I have a knack with people with special needs. People with special needs, let me tell you, they love me, and it's probably <laughs> because I'm so real with them. I one thing that is a pet peeve of mine in life, and it's not because we have someone that we love that has special needs. We know other people who have special needs. It's not because of that. It's because I hate when people treat the handicap like it's something wrong with them. People that have a handicap, people that have a special needs, they are people, you know, Mm -hmm. they are people. They can't do some of the things that we can do their brain may not work the way that some of ours works, but a lot of ours don't work either. You know, treat them like they are. And that's probably why they like me so much because I'm so, right. I'm just so regular with them. Like, Hey, what's up? What you doing? Exactly. Oh, you ain't I doing that? It, oh, okay. Right. I say it all the time. It's about their abilities. Right. It's, 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 it's about their abilities. Like whatever they're able to do, that's what you do. You know, it's not right. Now the disability. So, you know, it's been difficult because it's been very difficult for me to find a a mentor. Now, I will say that my in-laws, they are, like, naturally very shy people. Like, my ex-husband, mm-hmm. he has a lot of personality, but they just don't do much. So some of it mm-hmm. may be autism. Some of it may be genetic. You know, I don't, I don't you know. Be careful he doesn't. Yeah, that's true, too, Joe. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, he doesn't it's very difficult for me to get him to do things, but, you know, thank God, Jiggy, you know, he, and whenever I start feeling upset about things, you know, because I still attend support groups and, you know, conferences and things like that, and there are some parents whose children have never spoken to them, won't hug them, won't say hi, nothing, you know, so I'm fortunate in that, you know, my baby does those things, Um, so it keeps me grounded, but it would be great if I can find a mentor for him, somebody, because mm-hmm. he said he wanted to go to college at Camden County. They have some certificate programs in, like, music production and film production and stuff like that, and he likes that. I think that mm-hmm. if he could work in a studio somewhere where he'd be by himself, you know, or in a booth, mm-hmm. like being a voice actor or something like that, I think that would be great for him because he loves kids. He loves to read to kids. Um, he's mm-hmm. very protective of kids and family mm-hmm. very protective and family family exactly because he was like who yelled at you Maya remember that <laughs> yeah I mean listen I was in the car with baby quick story time I was in the car with baby I don't even know what happened I think we picked Jiggy up from his after school program mm-hmm. and so he got in the car 
he was in the backseat. It was like, hey, Jig, hey, Maya, you know, and that was that. And then I proceeded to tell you a story about a lady. I was in traffic. She cut me off, and I was cussing her out. And I was like, you mother, you know, saying every curse word combination I knew. And Jiggy, out of nowhere, was like, who cut you off, Maya? And I was like, oh, I forgot all about that part because I was so busy cussing. You know, I forgot all about that part. So I was like, what you say? And he said, who cut you off? And I said, oh, some lady in traffic. And he was furious, like, nobody cuts my cousin off. I was like, you know what, Jake? That's what I'm talking about. If I got to go, I know you are riding. You know? I know I can count on you. He was shaking his head like, you sure can. Let me know. Exactly. Like, That's my Jake. Exactly, exactly, because Jiggy, Jiggy plays no, oh, wait a minute, because I asked him to help us with the podcast after I found out he had, like, a following and, like, 300,000 uh-huh. views and everything, and I was like, well, Jiggy, you like our YouTube channel, you know, I said, you think you can help us out with the podcast? That's why you got to ask. He's going to say, mm-hmm. he was, <laughs> and he was dead serious, well, maybe you should do your podcast about saving the elephant. Yeah. He <laughs> He's definitely a part of Peter. He right. He, he is like a core carrier <laughs> member. He is not playing. So he right. was like, it walked away like y'all talk about a bunch of bullshit. You know. Right. I can't. I can't put my name on that. I don't have time for that. <laughs> right. This is not a part of my um, thing. But let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. How did you feel as a parent when your baby was diagnosed with autism? Um, that's a good question. And let me say this. First of all, I'm kind of person that I think about those things before it happens. Like I Mm -hmm. never really wanted children because I wasn't rich and I didn't know, you know, things could happen. What if you have a child with special needs? What if you have a child that's deaf? What if you have a child Mm -hmm. that has cerebral palsy? Are you able to do, to take care of this child, Mm -hmm. you know, and everybody says, oh, a kid only needs love and stuff like that. But you can't go to ShopRite and put the groceries and on the say counter you love and be somebody. like, I got some love. Mm-hmm. Right. And get milk. So, you know, right. right. <laughs> so you, you do need, you know, with all children, whether they have special needs or not, you need love. You need money. You need support. You need your village. Um, so mm-hmm. it was, at first it was scary because I didn't know what it was. They didn't know what it was. Not otherwise mm-hmm. specified. What the hell is that? You know what I mean? And right. I didn't know what the future held. I didn't know if he would be able to do things. They told me he wouldn't He wouldn't walk and he wouldn't talk and he wouldn't, you know what I mean? Like he was just mm. walking around with his heads in the cloud. And mm. I just didn't know. Um, the divorce rate among parents with autistic children is triple the regular divorce mm-hmm. rate, which is already high, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my marriage didn't work out because, you know, they, you know, we just saw on two different platforms. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. About and a lot of it was about Jiggy. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, and I asked him like, "Are you embarrassed? Because you know it's harder for a man. That's his son. They want to go play baseball mm-hmm. with their son and football with their son, and you know stuff right. like that." And I think he was kind of embarrassed. Mm. Um, uh. so it was you uh. know I but I felt like I'm all he has, and right. if he doesn't speak, I have to be his voice. 
If he mm-hmm. doesn't, you know, show affect, I have to be his affect. And you are not, I don't care who you are, you are not going to limit my child, mm-hmm. you know, for anything. So I was always the advocate at all the me. I sued the Board of Education to get my child mm-hmm. in, to, for them to pay for out-of-district placement, um, you know. And I mean, and I won. They had an attorney and everything, and I beat a full-fledged attorney. So mm. um, by myself. Because, you know, right. that's my baby. And you're not going to tell me that, A, I'm not the expert on my child. You right. Know, and they're like, you know, well, you can fight it if you want to. You know, like, that don't scare me. What you think? I sit home right. and eat bars all day. I can read and write. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I'll be right back. You know? Right. <laughs> so, um, and it's funny because when I have to go to the Board of Education for something like, as soon as I walk in, they're like, up, oh, code seven, she's in the building. Right. They're like, like go right. start. Get the chains no up the door. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because they know I just don't play with them. And um, so Jiggy has progressed very well. But, you know, now that he's a young man, um, he has all the skills that he needs to live alone. We're still working on budgeting mm-hmm. and things like that because he's really not interested in money. If there's something mm-hmm. you want, he'll say, I want this. If it costs a lot of money, we'll talk about what he can do to earn the money, you know, stuff like that. But he really doesn't you know, want too much. He's, you know, he's not a problem at all. And I want him to uh, live independently. He cooks, cleans, washes his own clothes. You know, he gets dapper when they have a, uh, the Rutgers, any of the girls teams, lacrosse, soccer, mm-hmm. softball. When they have games, he'd be mm-hmm. dapper. He'd be over there, you know, all on their team. Mm-hmm. He games. throws it on. Uh, right. Play so the whole nine. So, so another um, question. Uh, oh, wait, are, were you finished? No, I'm sorry. I don't want to cut yeah, you off. No, go ahead. And, Another question that I had just in um, listening to you talk, because as you noticed, I I haven't been doing a lot of talking during the podcast, just a lot of listening, because this is something that is passionate to both of us, but you have the experience with a child with autism. And so another question that I had was, why do you feel, because you mentioned that um, it's hard for you to find mentors and things like that for Jiggy, why do you think that is? Like, why don't they have services for uh, people with special needs, handicapped people, when they get to a certain point? Is it because Jiggy is high-functioning? Would they have more services if he couldn't do things? And what is the difference between a person that's high-functioning and not as far as services are concerned? Because it's still a need. Right. So, and that's exactly, in my experience, that's exactly what it was. Um, mm-hmm. Jiggy can do too much. So every, somebody tells me about a program, they was like, oh, you can get him a behaviors from this program, you know, and I'm like, okay, i call there, they do the assessment, and they like, yeah, lady, see you later. Like, this boy, he can be a mentor. And then, and that's, right. when, Jiggy puts, Jiggy, and that's when Jiggy puts it on. You know, they come down to do the assessment. Hi, I'm Xavier. How are you? Right. Yeah. That's when he's Would like, like um, hang on with me. Right. <laughs> exactly. And that's when he puts it on. So he, you know, I just, in my, so I've even paid because for a while, Jiggy wouldn't go to school. It was something mm-hmm. going on at school that he just didn't like, and I could not get this boy to go to school. So it was like, and, you know, they're very particular. People with autism, they're, a lot of them are very particular. So the letter comes, and they says, your bus will be here between 725 and 735. 
Mm-hmm. If the bus came at 720, Jiggy would open the door, sit on the little bench that I have at the door, look at the bus, wait till it's 725, and then leave out the door and get on the bus because he's supposed to be mm-hmm. here between 725 and 735. If the bus came after 735, Jiggy would be like, I'm not getting on the bus. The bus is late. Right. Uh, so, and right. he was like, come on, Jig, I'll take you. No, you can't take me to school. I take the bus. What? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I found someone who um, himself had some struggles because he's hearing impaired. Like, he has a master's mm-hmm. degree. You know, he's functioning and everything. But he is hearing impaired. He can hear somewhere, mm-hmm. hearing aids or whatever. But... He was in a master's program, and he started coming every morning to get Jig into a routine of going to school, whatever. And, like, thank goodness, because he, he was able to finish school and everything. But then, you know, right. he had a master's degree. He had to get a, he went and got a job, and I just haven't been able to find anyone to, hmm. you know, carry him to the next step. Now, I've asked him, like, come on, you want to go down to the college and sign up for class and you know, sometimes he'll just say, I'm not going to talk about that with you. You're the mom, you know. Right. So I want to give him an opportunity to um, express himself. And I do try to tell him, like, Jiggy, you're a young man, and um, he has great faith. He reads the Bible. He watches TVN and all that kind of stuff. And I tell him, you know, the Bible says man don't work. He don't eat. Right. That's, that's the Lord. That's not your mom. You right. know, so, you know, what are you going to do? So I – I just would, if I could find a good mentor, I think that would be great. Um, you know, just like I paid my little personal assistant, I would pay somebody. You know, we have these colleges with these master's programs and behavior intervention and stuff like that. And don't they need clinical hours? I've called them. I got nothing, you know. And then I still it's have really... fears. I still have right. big fears. Like uh, my son is, you know, tall, light, and handsome. and mm-hmm. But he's a black man. You know, he doesn't right. look like he has special needs. And, um, you know, the community where we live, they know him. But if he walks to the Seven Eleven or something and something is going on, if a cop says, put your hands up, he's not going to put his hands yeah, up. Yeah, he's not going to do it. He's not right. going to, you know, he's not going to do those things. And, like, I'm scared every time the boy leaves the house. Terrified. Right. As you, you should know, be, because it's hard enough for a black man to walk out into the world and they don't have special needs. But then when you add a person with special needs on top of that, it is a scary feeling. It, it, you can't teach, you know, you can teach him a lot of things, but if he is not in a space socially where he's interacting with people on a continuing basis like that, except for women, you know, he loves the ladies, Mm -hmm. you know, not inappropriate or anything, but he will walk up to you and say, hi, what's your name? Right. I'm Xavier, you know, like on some, you come around here often. Yeah. You know, (laughs) but that's also another fear, you know, the women. Oh, women. But go ahead. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish what you were saying. No, I was just going to say, I was just going to say, like, you can't, you don't have the same conversation with your black son that does not have special needs that you do with your black son that does have special needs. And these police officers or anyone of authority are out here and they're not getting properly trained. You know, there are people dealing with people that have special needs on a day-to-day basis that aren't properly trained. You know, you take 
you go to the grocery store, you go to the mall, you go to the whatever. If a person is different, you know, then they're automatically treated different. And it goes back to my point, but treat them all the same because they're, they're human beings, you know, and at the end of the day, that's what it boils down to. But again, you don't have the same conversation with your son that has special needs as you would with even your daughter that does it, you know? Right. So in a, in a situation, he's not going to know that he's not going to do what someone is telling him to do, right. you know, and that's a part of right. him having autism. He's not exactly. going to, he's not, not going to follow your direction. It's exactly. exactly. It's, it's like, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. And then I'm exactly. walking away. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And it's scary. It's very, yeah. it's very scary, and I'm just afraid every time he leaves the house. And I'm also afraid of these girls because, you know, we live very close to a college campus. He, you know, mm-hmm. and all of those sports teams, they know who he is and everything. Mm-hmm. But all it takes, first of all, he takes everything literal. So you know how mm-hmm. girls get flirted, like, oh, you're going to be my boyfriend? Well, he really is believing this. Like, oh, right. you about to go to second base. You know what I mean? So I don't want him to be in a situation where, you know, I don't know. Chicks say anything, you right. know, they say and they do anything and you can um, get to a certain point because he's still a man, right? you know what I mean? You get to a certain point and then he changes his mind and then he keeps going because he's confused and he took what you said literally. And, you know, I, right. I am terrified of that, like terrified. So I've talked to him mostly about the girl thing, like, you know, yeah. Jiggy, if somebody doesn't want to be touched, don't touch them, uh, you know, that kind of stuff, whatever. So that is, you know, the him going outside and interacting with the police, big, big fear. Women, right. big, big fear. And then my third biggest fear is just, like, mean people. People just, yeah. like, people are just mean. They're not courteous. Really? You know, at all. random crimes, robberies, or they, they're not courteous to a lot of even handicapped people that look handicapped. People in wheelchairs, they'll still drive by in their car. You know, when my mom is in her scooter, you know, I don't know. I can't tell you the number of times that I have almost been ready to come to blows because it's like you see her in a wheelchair. You know, you see her in a scooter. You see her walking with her walker and you have no courtesy. But I'm going to tell you one thing for certain, two things for sure. And you could take this to the bank and cash a check with it. You're not going to do it to my mom. You know, right. you're not going to do it to my mom right. and you really aren't going to do it to anybody that is handicapped around me. Right. Have courtesy for people who ha- who have a handicap, you know, because right. as my mom says all the time, and you will hear this many times from me on this podcast, everybody gets a turn. That is my mom saying everybody gets a turn. You don't know if you have a new child that your child will have autism. You don't know if you have a child and your child has Down syndrome. You don't know if something happens to you and you have to be in a wheelchair. You don't know if your uh, person is going to lose their hearing suddenly, you know, become blind suddenly. Treat people with courtesy, you know. Treat people as the way that you would want to be treated. We know that it's a lot of cruelty in this world, but treat people the way that you would want to be treated. And it's, 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 it's a shame because, as you stated, Jiggy doesn't, he, to look at him, you would never know that he is autistic. 
you know, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of children or a lot of adults. You'll never know that something is wrong with them, you know, and so that makes it harder because then people expect certain things that you can't, right? that you can't do, you know, so. Right. And so, yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off and go on that no, rant. No, no, but, you it's know. true, but it's true because it doesn't just affect Jiggy, and that's what I'm saying. It, uh, handicapped people in general, people are just mean and they're inconsiderate, and it's um, it's scary to me because now one thing Jiggy will do is defend himself if he feels right. like you're in his face or something like that. He ain't no punk, you know what I mean? Right. He will, like he, but he doesn't say, "Excuse me, I feel uncomfortable. You're in my space. Could you please?" Right. Uh, he's not gonna do that. You know what I mean? So, right. Um, and so people just take liberties all the time so those are the things that really scare me the most but overall it has been an experience um Mm -hmm. but you know it's my life I wouldn't trade it for anything I love Jiggy to death I did know like after Jiggy was diagnosed with autism I did know that I never wanted any more children because I didn't know what was going to happen and it was just you know it's just a lot so um Mm -hmm. has you know I ask Deja all the time are you okay are you getting enough attention? Do you need it? You know what I mean? Uh, when they were right, younger, because that has to be very stressful on even your right. other child because you have to give right. a lot of your focus on the child that has more of the need. And so exactly. you put more pressure on the child that does not have the need because you expect them to just like, oh, you can do it, you know, exactly. and I have to do this over here, you know. And right. so even in – um in 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 this episode we want you to take away from it that people with special needs are people you know they are people just like you and just like me they have some difficulties they have some things that they may not be able to do that you are able to do but they are still people nonetheless and before we um wrap it up Bibi, if you could just go over again um, some of the early signs that people might want to pay attention to when um, it comes to autism, uh, that would be great. So when children don't respond to their name, and I'm mm-hmm. talking like babies, things that babies can do, when they don't respond to their name, uh, when they don't point at objects that they're interested in, they'll just stand there. A lot of times they don't play pretend games, like, you know, have a little mm-hmm. car and be like, vroom, vroom, vroom. They don't do those mm-hmm. type things. Uh, they avoid eye contact with people. Uh, mm-hmm. They're just not social. You could be in a group and then your child is like over here to the side. Um, mm-hmm. And if, especially if they're not talking, if they're not cooing, you know. Now, Jiggy laughed. Like, kids, he would laugh. But he did not mama, dada, goo, goo, gaga. Nothing. Mm-hmm. He didn't. So those are just things that, and again, you know, might not want to take him to the doctor, but certainly there, there are things called like developmental pediatricians that may be mm-hmm. a little more helpful if your child is okay. not making, you know, milestones. Okay. So, yeah. And like you can look on like autismspeaks.org. Um, they're like one of the bigger organizations. Um, they have a lot of information on autism, you know, what to do and stuff like that, resources and things like that. And, um, you know, and don't forget to light it up blue. If you have not left for work, go back and change your clothes, put on something blue. April 2nd right. is 
Autism Awareness Day, the whole month is Autism Awareness Month. So we'll be posting things. I'll definitely be posting things on uh, Facebook and Twitter, um, you know, about little vignettes about the wonder-filled world of autism because every day is an adventure. It really is. It certainly is. And you know what? Before we even close out, I just want to say bravo for uh, the wonderful job that you have done and you continuously do uh, with Jiggy. I know that it's not an easy road. It's a stressful role. It's a fearful role, but it's also a lovable role. And um, just in closing, I want to say that thank you so much for uh, sharing you know, just a little bit of your story with your son who um, is autistic and who we wouldn't trade for anything in the world, my baby. And, um, yeah, so, you know, what? I just want to say, again, thank you. And, again, parents, we just wanted to share, not even just parents, but people, especially parents who have children with autism or if you suspect that your child could, um, have autism. We just wanted to share a little bit of information because it is Autism Awareness Month in April, and uh, we hope that you gain some type of knowledge, but um, also type some type of compassion. You know, we we hope that the the listeners out there can can take something that we said and obtain it to treat people like people, no matter exactly. what the need. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so listen, before we go, you want to get in with these personal journals? Sure. Okay. Well, you want me to start with mine? It doesn't matter today. Either Uh, one of us. Okay. Well, you know what? My personal journal, you know that I come off the cuff with my personal journal. It's not something that I really think about unless I have something specific that I want to do. My personal journal this week is going to be based off of the topic. You know, what it's going to be is that I'm going to treat people with more compassion. You know, I think that I do a wonderful job with the handicap, especially because I'm exposed to the handicap. You know, my mother has, um, my, my mother is handicapped. You know, I have cousins who are handicapped. Uh, and, and so I'm exposed to the handicap. And because of that, I probably treat it in a more delicate manner, but I'm going to practice more compassion, more patience for people in general, but especially for those with special needs because they are special indeed. And so I um, want to, and also, you know what? I'm going to stop being so aggressive with people who aren't like me with the handicap. Now, I'm not going to say I'm going to totally be like nice. I'm not saying that, you know, at all, because if you think that you're going to cut my mom off, if she and her scooter, you got another damn thing coming. But some people don't know, you know, again, we talked about if I was out with Jiggy, you wouldn't, you wouldn't look at him and say, oh, he has special needs, right? And so because of that, if something happens and then you just happen to find out that he has special needs and your reaction is a little bit different, I'm going to work on trying to have my reaction a little bit different because you know I'll be like, well, what the hell are you looking at? What the hell is the problem? You know, but I'm going, because everybody doesn't know. You know, everybody doesn't know everything and everyone is not exposed to the wonderful people that we're exposed to. So I'm going to try to work on my compassion a little bit, too. And that's my personal journal for this week. That's a good one, Maya. 
Mm-hmm. Well, my personal journal this week is, uh, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. It is on my vision board. It says, dare to take the leap. Because even though I do not have low self-esteem, I'm not shy or anything like that, um, sometimes when we want to do things, you know, fear of the unknown mostly kind of holds us back. We don't know how it will be received, if it's okay for you to do it, um, but you kind of want to you want to do something and you're like, oh, if I do that, then they're going to think I'm doing this. And, you know, there's so many things that go you know, that just scramble in your mind. And sometimes those things stop you from taking the leap mm-hmm. and doing it. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, the situation that I had at work, I said, you know what, it, it is what it is. I'm going to go ahead and do it. And I did it, and the outcome was great. Now, it's mm-hmm. work-related that I can't share, but it's like some things at work I can share, some things I can't. But I'm so glad I did it. And the verse that I have, attached to my dare to take the leap is uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 that says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and all, and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways mm-hmm. acknowledge him and he will make your path straight because I kept going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Like, what should I do? How should I do? What should I do? How should I do? Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what, Lord, you know my intention. So I'm saying mm-hmm. just bless the intention, and I did it, and it worked out fabulous. So even though work is still a little stressful, that. it's just a much better place for me to be because, so, you know, I encourage everybody, you know, especially because it's springtime now, so, you know, I got even more gusto. Dare, uh-huh. to, take <laughs> Dare to take the leap. Dare to take yes. the leap. Give it a try, whatever it is. Give it a try. So that's my personal journal for this week. Well, listen, I'm feeling it. I'm a dare to take the leap myself on a couple of things, but we'll talk about that on a later show. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and get out of here because there's some, there's some stuff, girl. We, so we're going to go ahead and get out of here for this week. We hope that you enjoyed this week's show. You know, I'm going to give you the spill once again. Don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, not and or and follow us on all social media platforms um we're at we did that shit again facebook instagram and twitter is one word we did that shit and we hope again that you got something great from this topic that we wanted to bring awareness to if you have any questions that you think that uh we can answer specifically to the b because she would be more of the expert uh send them if you have stories of your own child with autism you have uh you know something that you want to share with us send us an email with anything all of your questions all of your comments to we did that shit at gmail.com again it's one word we did that shit at gmail.com let us know if you're liking the show if you're not liking the show you got something you want us to talk about send us the email hit us on the social media you know all that good stuff. You can hit me on social media. I can be reached at my my thirteen. That's M Y M Y one three. And I'm at the B Amina. That's B I B B I A M I N A. Yeah. So hit us up. And again, do not forget 
We can't stress this enough. Do not forget to like the show, subscribe to the show, rate the show. We need you out there. We need your support. You know, let us know what you're thinking. And always remember, we'll be here same time, you know, next week. Remember, be great this week and light it up blue. Do that shit. We Did That Shit podcast is produced and edited by Selena Singleton and brought to you by Wonderful Me Media. Wonderful Me Media, what's wonderful about you?